Hi, I'm Curtis Hill, and you are listening to The Extra Point. Well, it is the week of February 9th, and once again, I am so grateful that you've taken time today to download The Extra Point to listen to a little bit more about what God has shown me in the passage that I'm teaching, preaching, as well as what else is going on at Ogletown. I'm glad you're interested in it, interested enough to take a few minutes and listen to The Extra Point. This past Saturday, which is February 8th, I I have to share a little bit about this because Saturday morning I went to our deacons meeting, and that was such a great, encouraging time as I saw our church really mobilized, particularly the leaders of our church and the servant leaders of our church Uh, mobilized to do ministry, mobilized to engage our body in works of service for the Lord. And that was upstairs in the OEX where our meeting was. And then I went downstairs and I saw a group of people getting ready for the American Sign Language class, wrapping up several weeks of learning some basics as it relates to sign language to better serve some folks at our church, as well as some people in the wider community. And then I looked in our gym in the OEX, and the the gym was filled with people playing basketball. It was a basketball clinic with one of our ministry partners, Urban Promise. What an awesome thing to see kids being led and participating in basketball. And then there's a devotion and life skills and all sorts of things are going on. So it's a privilege for our church to open up our gym on Saturdays in the winter to serve this basketball clinic. And then down the hall in the Doherty room, there was a group of dozens from multiple states that had gathered to look at the subject of answering tough questions. So it was apologetics and evangelism, really equipping God's people in this particular moment, in this particular area, to know how better to share their faith and lead other people to Christ. This is an age of a consumer mentality, often with church. So it's kind of, what can I get out of the church and its programs? And certainly we do get things out of church. We receive God's grace. So we are receivers before we are givers. But we receive that grace and we are equipped for every good work so that we might we might do good works and show God's love to the community. And what I saw this past Saturday was kind of that equipping for works of service and mobilizing to love our neighbor well and bearing witness to who Jesus is and and what he's done in our lives. So I was very, very encouraged. I hope you are as well. Maybe even some of you participated in those events or served in those capacities. I'm really, really grateful and just wanted you to know that. This past Sunday, I dug into Acts 2 again. So the first week we looked at Pentecost, really more the event that happened. And then this past week, we looked at Acts 2, really the explanation of the event of Pentecost. So we talked about the tongues of fire and the wind and speaking in other languages. And the question really comes out of that, what does that mean? And so we looked at Peter's message to the people in Jerusalem that day of here's exactly what it meant. And so we looked at at a lot of Acts chapter two, we covered a lot of verses, uh, some of that we were only able to touch on briefly. But I did want to read a portion of Acts chapter two, verse 36, because I think this is the crux of it. Peter concludes his sermon by saying, Therefore, let all the house of Israel know with certainty that God has made this Jesus whom you crucified, both Lord and Messiah. It says, When they heard this, the crowd heard this, they were pierced to the heart. They were cut to the heart. And they said to Peter and the rest of the apostles, Brothers, what should we do? And Peter replied, Repent, be baptized, each of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. And later on it says, 
So those who accepted his message were baptized. And that day, about 3,000 people were added to them. What an amazing day. And we looked at some of the dynamics there, repent, be baptized for the forgiveness, the receiving of the Holy Spirit, so you might be saved. And what it means to receive his word. We dug into some of those things. There certainly are many questions that come out of Acts chapter 2. Many questions, probably too many to answer. But I did want to encourage you to go back to Joel chapter 2, to go back to Psalm 16, to go to Psalm 110. It probably would take you less than five or ten minutes to read each one of those passages that I just named. And when you read those, that gives you context for what Peter is saying, that these words are now being fulfilled. Joel 2 is particularly interesting to me because the idea is judgment is coming, judgment is coming, judgment is coming, and then there is this moment of God's mercy on this great and magnificent day of the Lord. There's this moment of God's mercy. And I, I picture Peter preaching that sermon saying judgment did come, only it fell on Jesus. He was judged. For us. And now this great day of mercy has come so that everybody who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. So again, it will do you some benefit, no doubt, to go back to Joel 2, Psalm 16, Psalm 110. These references, sometimes you read, you read a psalm and then it's quoted in the New Testament and you, some of that connection is tough to make, admittedly. Sometimes it seems like uh, just a phrase is lifted and then applied. But sometimes it's much more than a phrase from the Old Testament. Sometimes it's all, an entire analogy or even a story or an episode to say that was a prophecy, that was a promise, and that is connected to Jesus. One book that I found particularly helpful on looking at the Old Testament and how it's used in the New Testament is a book that is called A Commentary on the New Testament Use of the Old Testament. The editors are... Uh, Beal and Carson, I'll link to it in the show notes. If you have an extra $50 lying around, that may be a good investment of that. If you have interest in deep Bible study connecting Old Testament with New Testament, it's an invaluable resource. It is thick. It is heavy. There's a lot to think about, but it is also very thorough. And passages like this, is it, it really is helpful to know some of those connections and some of those links. I tried to draw out a few of those on Sunday, but uh, that book goes into much more detail. One question I got, and I think it's an important question, I wasn't able to really uh, dig extremely deeply into that this past Sunday, but it's how things go together. Like we, we hear a passage, everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. But then there is this other passage that says, it, right in the same reference there, it speaks of not just calling on the name of the Lord, but it speaks of everyone whom the Lord our God calls to himself. So we've got two kinds of calling there. One is done by people calling on the name of the Lord, and the other calling is done by the Lord to people. And so how, how is this used? How are we to understand it? What is it? Is it us calling on the Lord, or is it the Lord calling us to himself? Uh, you might have even heard doctrinal terms like uh, particular calling or effectual calling, the effectual calling of the Lord, of Jesus, of God himself to salvation. And how do we, how do we think about those things? I think it's important because all throughout the book of Acts, you're going to see a couple themes. One of those themes is going to be God is sovereign. 
God calls people to himself. God opens people's heart to pay attention, to believe what is being said. That's what it said about Lydia in Acts chapter 16. So there are these places that it is unmistakable that God is sovereign. Even in this passage, it talks about God raised Jesus up, and this was del- that Jesus was delivered up according to the definite plan and foreknowledge of God. God is not constrained. God is not put in a box or in a corner. God isn't, his hands are not tied. God is sovereign. God is powerful. And that theme comes up again and again in Acts. So even as it relates to salvation, God is sovereign. God calls people to himself. But then there's this other side of it where we read that everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Even in Acts 2, when Peter is imploring people, be saved, save yourself from this generation, repent, be baptized. These are actions you need to do. And this offer, this offer is to everyone. And it strikes me how, how in this passage in particular, it's the promise everyone, everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. So as Peter is even preaching that, he's not addressing that to just a limited number, but it's a, a message of such inclusion. This, this promise is for you, he's saying, for you and your children, all who are far off. This Let all the house of Israel know that God has made him both Lord and Christ. So this offer of salvation, he is, he is offering that to all, saying you need to repent. So here's what happens. Sometimes it seems like there's a knot and everything in us wants to untie the knot. We have God's sovereignty and human responsibility. God's sovereignty and, and our choices, like we do we make the choice to repent? Do we make the choice to believe in the Lord and call on his name? And what scripture doesn't do is it doesn't untie that knot. It keeps it in tension. As a matter of fact, to play the violin or any stringed instrument, you have to have tension. Both sides have to be pulling. And that's what I see. Like we're not, to use the, the other analogy, we're not really called to untie the knot of how all this complicated, complicated ideas, how they all work theologically and untie the knot and go, now we all see it very, very clearly. It's this and that. We're not called to untie that knot, which is sometimes very unsatisfying. But what I will say in this, and I just want to certainly lay any cards I have on the table, God initiates. So even as we're not called to untie this knot, God always acts first. We love because he loved us first. God in foreknowledge, predestined before the foundations of this world, in love, he predestined us. So Although I recognize there was a moment in time where I chose to believe in Jesus, I also know God has called me to himself and had a plan of salvation for my life before the foundations of the world, and I take great comfort in that. It's a shame to me that this sometimes becomes controversial, predestination, foreknowledge, election, God choosing, God calling, us responding, free will, all these things that become so controversial where I, w- I want to say, actually, I see the knot, and I, I understand it's tied, but I know God initiated love toward me, yet there was a responsibility on us to believe in him. So I'm not, we're not going to solve the theological mysteries of the universe here, but I do want you to see in the book of Acts God's sovereignty and human responsibility and human activity. And there's so much more I love in Acts 2. Uh, all the references to the resurrection of Jesus. I love in Acts 2 all the references that Peter is making to, you need to see this. You yourselves know these things. This happened in your midst. This is, uh, you are witnesses of this. You yourselves are seeing and hearing. There are just so many references here that I really, really appreciate to Peter laying on them. Uh, 
you saw it, you know it to be true. So thanks for taking a few moments and listen to this. I, I feel like I could talk about this for a lot longer. I did want to point you to a couple things. One is in the show notes, I'm going to link to what I'm reading and what I'm listening to. And so if you're interested in that, maybe you want to see, maybe even have some other resources, I want to point you to those. So I listen to a lot of podcasts and I try to read a good good number of books. So I'm glad to share with you what I'm reading. Also, I want to point you to another podcast. If you like this one, I'm sure you'll be interested in uh, In the Word, On the Go by our associate pastor, Champ Thornton. And then also, I don't know when you're going to listen to this, but I do want to invite you uh, on Wednesday February 12th, to a talk I'm going to share with our church uh, called Perfectionism, Slightly Imperfect. So looking at perfectionism through the lens of God's word. And so I'm going to be talking about that this coming Wednesday. So that is February 12th. You're invited. Love to have you there. So again, thank you for taking a few minutes and listening to The Extra Point. God bless you and have a good week. Mm-hmm.